0: You're listening to the NASM CPT podcast with Rick Ritchie, winner of the Share Care Emmy Award for Social Storytelling and the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine.
1: Hey, y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today I have a friend, I have a guest that's on the show, and. I love her. She is so kind and she is so smart and she is so intuitive that when we speak, uh, I like to kind of just like tee her up and then I get an opportunity to sit back and just listen to to all of this wonderful information just drip out of her and, and into my ears. It's so amazing to listen to. She's so smart. She's so kind. And she does such a great job with um, with these interviews and one of the reasons i know this because i interviewed her a couple times for the women's fitness specialist the course that nasm has and so there are they're going to audio cast and podcast within that product and so i got a chance to talk to her on a couple of occasions there and then as we wrapped up i was like we have to do this on the show i have to i have to have you on the podcast not behind a firewall in a product that nasm has but introduce you to the audience which she's been on the podcast before but it's great to have her back dr mallory fox hi
0: Good morning. You made me blush. Thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. It's so kind. Well, I
1: love having you on. I think it just just the opportunity that we had to talk a few weeks ago, as we went through the women's fitness specialist content. Um, It, I I was like, we have to talk again. We have to do this again. So, thank you so much for clearing your schedule and making the time to be on the show.
0: Thank you so much for having me. It's always such a pleasure to to chat with you. I really could talk to you all day and it's so such a great thing. So thank you.
1: Well, thank you. I want to talk real quick because you brought this to my attention. You brought to my attention that May is Mental Health Awareness Month and June is Professional Wellness Month. So, I agree with you. I think this would be a good thing to just start off talking about. But as we get into this and start talking about it, the First thing we have to do is introduce you to the audience um, with who you are. What is your background? What are your qualifications? Let us know a bit more about you.
0: Okay, my little elevator pitch. (laughs) Um, I'm a doctor of health science and a movement specialist in Scottsdale, Arizona. I've been a fitness professional for 17 years. And for nine of those years, I've owned my own business, Foxy Fit, where I help people to move better. And in the last few years, I've really enjoyed continuing my journey with NASM as a master instructor and even recently contributing to um, courses like the Women's Fitness Specialist course. I got to write a couple of chapters for that course. And it's been really enriching to start my career with NASM as an NASM CPT. Um, eons ago, and to now be able to contribute to um, other trainers growth. It's something that's really special. So I'm grateful for the opportunity.
1: Well, something that you also do, which I've seen on your social before, and it makes me wish that I was in Scottsdale. So I could have you do this to me is I've, I've seen you stretching people. And I love stretching people. I have a course that I teach like a continuing education course about Neuromuscular stretching and helping stretch and all that kind of stuff, partner-assisted. But I watched you do it, and I'm like, you're an artist. Like, watching you do it, I was like, sign me up.
0: Thank you. Well, next time we're in the same city, let's trade, because I could also use some stretching. And yeah, I got to contribute to the new Stretching and Flexibility Coach course that NASM put out last year. And it was um, just a blast to be able to help other personal trainers learn the skills that I've invested a lot of time and money into. So thank you. (laughs) Look
1: at you, just giving you an opportunity to show off a little bit. The Contributor, author, putting content together for NASM and for some of your own projects as well. So Foxy Fit, tell us a little bit more about like, what are your thoughts with this, the the we talked about the may was mental health awareness month and then june is professional wellness month and i think it's pretty good to for us to kind of bat around some of the ideas about improving not just the the mental part of wellness but also that professional scope of wellness as well so what are your thoughts on that
0: yeah i think it's so important for you know people in our industry you know, as fitness professionals, we give, we give a lot every single day. And so looking at our own professional wellness habits is so important. And, um, and I recently finished the NASM certified wellness coach course. And, um, first off, that is my favorite course that I have ever taken. I shared that feedback with the NASM team. Um, I've been, I've been lucky to have a lot of, um, a lot of different educational opportunities and it is by far my favorite course. So uh, learning about how wellness shows up in our lives, there are six different dimensions of wellness and mental wellness is one physical wellness is another. And that's what, you know, many fitness professionals are very um, familiar with and occupational wellness is a third out of six. And so, you know, taking care of oneself in order to help, other people is just so important and I'm excited to chat about that with you today.
1: Yeah, the, what do you think about this because a lot of people where I I mean, I'm a little biased. I think you you probably join me in this. We have a cool job. Like our gigs pretty cool, but it it doesn't mean that we don't get tired doesn't mean that we don't get burned out. It doesn't mean that it, that we don't get overwhelmed. It doesn't mean that when those things do happen, that we don't love fitness because sometimes they do happen. They will happen, especially as we progress and we go on. It's, it's, it's a job and it's cool job. It's a job that I'm happy to have. And I think before the pandemic, I was telling my wife, I said, you know, I love what I do. And even if it all fell apart, I'd be happy with the ride that we had. I think that I've just really enjoyed it. And then the pandemic happened and I did lose a few businesses uh, and it didn't change my perspective. My perspective was I'm glad that I was able to do what I was capable of doing prior to having this giant hiccup. But I say all that to say this, I love what I do in fitness. I think the, being a personal trainer, being a gym owner, being an educator, being able to read and consume content about fitness and help relay that to other people in a palatable manner is wonderful. And so with that being said, sometimes it can still be quite challenging it can be difficult and I need a break too so and this is me having a cool job and there's some people out there that just have jobs right like they they just have jobs what are some of these things that we can kind of work through for for people out there that as maybe as a fitness professional we can we can and and even more importantly as a wellness coach What can we do for those wellness coaches and even some of the fitness pros that are out there?
0: Hmm. Well, first, I just want to say thank you for sharing that so beautifully. I think that you um, really shared something that's prevalent in the fitness industry. I've had the opportunity to get to know hundreds of fitness professionals through the years. And, you know, I think that we all share a passion for fitness. We share a passion for helping other people optimize their health and wellness. And at times that can be really draining. So I think first it's just really important to recognize how much we give to our clients and, you know, how difficult that can be, especially in times of global uncertainty, you know, so many of the fitness uh, professionals that I know had to make major pivots in their business, um, myself included. And, um, I've gone through that personally myself, even before the pandemic in 2018, I was in a car accident and had a brain injury and I lost my vision in my left eye. And um, you know, my I'm classified as physically disabled. And so my journey with health and fitness changed drastically. And I went through a period where it was um, really devastating to recognize that I might not be able to do what I loved, Anymore, and that I um, could appreciate what had happened, you know, that I had the career that I had in the past. Um, Rick, what you shared about, you know, what you'd said to your wife really touched me because I think it's so important to appreciate the journey. And, you know, what NESM really focuses on in the certified wellness coach course is that wellness is about a journey. Um, With fitness, I think we tend to look at a destination. Now, we have a goal we uh, program our our clients to reach those goals and there's often a really set end date on a goal whereas wellness is truly about the journey and uh, knowing that there's going to be hiccups along the way knowing that life might happen uh, whether it's a car accident or whether it's a global pandemic or you know whether there's some other life stressor that affects us as humans, as fitness professionals, and so um, certified wellness coaches can really help meet clients where they're at, and um, to help clients to reframe their goals and to focus on creating wellness um, in all of the small little steps that lead into the that lead to the destination.
1: Well, I love that the way that you shared that. And I also want to say thank you for sharing the story about. Uh, the, the car wreck that you had in 2018 and how that affected your life. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to Dr. Mallory Fox. She's a doctor in health science, and she's also an instructor with the National Academy of Sports Medicine who just finished the Certified Wellness Coaching Program and one that I'm still going through. I'm still going through it, and that's because, like many of us, I'm being pulled away in different directions, and then I take a weekend day, and I sit down, and I study, but it takes a lot of weekend days for me to get through all that material, but I am in the process. So I'm trying to follow suit and go through this program as well. So tell me something uh, about this from your perspective, which is once these hurdles come up and you expressed a significant hurdle physically, um, mm-hmm. what are some of the ways that that these hurdles Uh, affected you? And then how did your, your background in fitness and wellness and health um, kind of, I don't know, maybe lay a pathway or groundwork down for you to help you move past what could be uh, a really devastating situation?
0: Yeah, that's, um, that's such a great question. And I'll try to, I'll try to be succinct. And then if you have follow up questions, feel free to ask. Um, Because it's a really it's an in depth answer. And it was a journey. Um, You know, when I was first in the car accident, and I received the diagnoses, I started physical therapy, I started occupational therapy, I started speech therapy, I started vision therapy, I was under the care of a neurologist. And, uh, you know, I did everything that I could, you know, I kind of approached it like I would, you know, setting up a long term this school. And my mindset at the time was, okay, if my, my vision therapist tells me to wear this eye patch for five minutes, I'm gonna wear it for 10. And that mindset that I had as a fitness professional, as a former competitive swimmer, uh, had served me really well in my life up to that point. And unfortunately, when I approached my healing and my recovery, with that um, overachieving type mentality, I did not do well, <laughs> to put it lightly. Mm, um, yeah, my, because the brain is so complex and because there was so much going on, um, what I really needed to do was prioritize rest and I didn't know how to rest. So knowing what I know now about wellness and about there being you know, six different dimensions to wellness, Um, And I'll just mention those briefly, There's social wellness. So after my accident, I had very little social interaction. That wasn't different therapy appointments or doctor appointments. So from a um, social aspect, my wellness was very poor. There's occupational wellness. Um, You know, after my accident, I couldn't work and I got a lot of joy out of working. So my, my occupational wellness was very low. Um, There's physical wellness, obviously recovering from injuries, um, having migraines, dizziness, nausea, um, losing vision in one eye, having double vision. You know, my physical wellness was very poor. (laughs) Um, There's intellectual wellness. And so that's, um, I really thrive from being intellectually stimulated. And I had a 10 minute screen limit. So I couldn't read. I couldn't, you know, listen to podcasts. Um, I my intellectual wellness was very poor in that time period. Um, there's also emotional wellness, and you know, I think that relates quite a bit to Mental Health Awareness Month. My emotional wellness just plummeted because I was going through something incredibly difficult, and um, I struggled. And then last, there's spiritual wellness. And so that's, you know, sometimes making time for prayer or meditation Uh, and my, and that also relates to your personal beliefs. And so my beliefs in fitness and hard work, those were really challenged as well in my recovery from these injuries, because I had to kind of realign my, uh, my beliefs. You know, I thought that no pain, no gain. I thought work harder to get better, faster. And uh, those beliefs were really challenged. So those are the six different dimensions of wellness. I can look back at it now that I've finished the certified wellness coach course and realize that makes sense why I was not doing well uh, during that period of my life, because all six of those were out of whack.
1: True. But it, it also sounds like you're approaching this in, with the fitness mindset. Uh, Which is, let's get to the end goal, which is fix this, as opposed to let's go and focus on the process at which I can progress. And and, and so anyway, it's like, let me wear the eye patch longer because that will get me there faster. It will get me to where I want to be faster. Everything was getting to the end point. And in in the wellness approach, it is focus on this journey of getting better and those results will be a byproduct of the steps you take.
0: Absolutely. You said that so well. Thank you. Yeah. And it was, it was really challenging because I didn't let myself appreciate the small steps along the way. You know, I was looking at the end goal. I was looking at benchmarks like When will my vision be good enough for me to drive again? When can I get back to working full time? You know, when can I do like a quote real workout versus Mm -hmm. just physical therapy? And, um, and, and that is very much a fitness mindset. And I can tell you right now, um, it's been three and a half years and I'm, I'm still not where I was before the accident. But with a wellness approach, I'm able to look at all of the small steps that I've taken. I'm able to celebrate all of my achievements and um, and honestly able to reframe my career and, and my accomplishments. Um, I don't know that four years ago I would have said yes to writing uh, a chapter or two for a course with NESM. I think I would have been scared out of my mind. <laughs> But coming at it from a a wellness lens, I was able to say, yeah, let me try this and um, take the little steps. And um, it's it's brought me to a place that's really cool. And I'm really happy with with where I am today.
1: I love it. I love it. All right. So let's let's go into these um, these six dimensions of wellness. And depending on and this is for people out there who are familiar with this or if you're not, you look it up. There can be more. So, there there might be something where you see, and they've got eight dimensions of wellness, or they have five, or whatever it is. So, just know that this is the six dimensions of wellness, is something that we talk about in the NASM certified wellness coaching course. Oftentimes, it's referred to as a wellness wheel. And I had to really focus on not letting my Alabama come out there because I used to always say, wheel. It used to really draw that out. So I'm trying to wheel, wheel, a wellness wheel. And um, and, and the reason it's discussed as a wellness wheel, wheel, wheel. Oh, man, I'm still going to say it wrong. Uh, by the way, my EELs and my ILLs, even after living in New York for like 22 years, I still get messed up with them. I still have to be like, what's the right way to say it? So the reason I would say this, so the wellness will, and that's because as the will rotates and it moves, it should be smooth. There should be a smoothness. If you think about that circle and the, the six components of wellness are the spokes that come out well, if, if one spoke is very long and another is very short and we have, we have the other four kind of in different levels, then, then, then the, the will is not going to run smoothly. It's not going to be circular. It's going to be lopsided. And so I think the way to look at it is trying to, to see if we can even out the spokes for each of these components of wellness in order for it to be more smooth. Are you familiar with this wellness wheel and this concept of of trying to create balance within the force?
0: Yeah, it's such a great analogy. So thank you for for explaining that. And it's so important. If one spoke of the wheel is too short or even too long, it can make your your ride really bumpy.
1: Yeah, And, and I think that... Oftentimes, as fitness professionals, we may look at that one component, that physical component, and we know that there are struggles that our clients have in multiple dimensions, and we're certainly not, um, it's not within our scope as a personal trainer to address all of those, and I, I'm going to say it's not even necessarily within our scope uh, after going through the, the, the wellness coaching program for every one of these either. I mean, for, for us to say, hey, let's go through a movement-based wellness practice course and, and then really jump into your emotional and your spiritual wellness. There are things that, that less about doing that, it's more about coaching, right? So how do we guide people mm-hmm. through what they want to self-direct? And I think there's something valuable about talking uh, to our clients about self-direction and that's another difference between f- being a personal trainer and being a wellness coach. As a personal trainer, we, we don't let you self-direct. We direct you. We say this is the program and these, and these are the micro, meso, macro cycles. This is where we are in the model. And these are the exercise selections that I'm going to pull for you that I think is going to help get you to your goal. Again, going towards the result. Based, not the journey based. And, and this is something that I think is valuable with the wellness coach is that we're not jumping to the end where we're looking at the process. And we're also addressing the coaching component, not the let me tell you how to do this component.
0: Absolutely. Um, That's what I found to be most valuable personally in taking the course was, uh, you know, how much practice I got in coaching. And it is very different and my clients have really responded well to it. My clients have noticed a shift, Uh, you know, a wellness coach's role is really to understand the aspects of wellness and provide clients with tools, resources, and strategies to move towards um, their definition of wellness. And you really, you know, emphasize something important. I think often in the fitness industry, our clients, want us to give them the one way to reach their goals or, you know, the top three stretches. That's, I get asked that a lot. Mm -hmm. What are the three most important stretches I can do every single day to, you know, move better. And I think wellness coaching really emphasizes that there is no set path to get to a goal. And it's really bringing in um, different resources, resources, Uh, You know, we talked about Mental Health Awareness Month and Professional Wellness Awareness Month. And so it might be bringing in different strategies to focus on sleep. It might be referring a client to a mental health professional. It might be helping a client identify if their current career is aligned with their own goals. And the wellness coach doesn't have the answer. The wellness coach is, you know, a guide asking great questions, uh, practicing listening and and giving tools.
1: Yeah. Well, you mentioned some of the things that your clients had seen, but you didn't tell us what that was. Can you tell us, can you give us some examples of after going through this course, what are some of the things that changed in what you do that even your clients were like, uh, Mallory, this is this is something that has changed, and I want to I want to mention that to you. So w- mention that to us. Yeah. What are some of the things?
0: Yeah, I'll call myself out here. Um, I used to be very rigid, and so you know, if we had a plan for for the day, for the month, uh, we would stick to that plan. And I think that's you know what I learned in my background as a, an athlete, as a fitness professional. You know, the plan is. You know, you'll have rough days, but stick with the plan and, you know, modify it when needed, but, you know, push through. And now with more of a wellness approach, you know, if a client comes in and they share that they didn't sleep last night and they're really stressed out about uh, a presentation that they have later in the day, you know, in that moment, I'll talk to them about what would best serve them you know, is pushing through a hard workout going to help them clear their mind and, you know, feel energized and ready to present? Or do they need more of a restorative, maybe some assisted stretching to, you know, find a different way to clear the mind and get the body ready for the demands of the day?
1: Nice. I like that. And I, I know that you also, um, you you do um, some meditation you do kind of uh, uh, and we talked about this that I had my daily practice when I would foam roll and then I would journal and, but the foam rolling for me was just like I get up in the morning and I brew the coffee I grab the roller I come over and sit down and and it's just like my me time and and you were like well that's kind of what we're talking about it there's no real right way to go about doing that, but it's taking that time and your daily practice to commit to something and to do something that brings you peace, to do something that is, is your time. And then I felt like, oh, good. I've been, I've been doing something that I feel like I should have been doing, but I, you know, I'm supposed to's the supposed to's of I don't know how to meditate and. Um, and, and, and I'm doing it wrong, but let me just foam roll and have my own piece of time instead. And you were like, that's good. And I was like, yay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy that helped, you know, to me, that's really wellness coaching. Um, there is no, I mean, you'll read a lot of books that'll say there's a specific way to meditate, but, you know, truly, if we look at, you know, the benefits of meditation, what that provides it, there's so many opportunities to to create it in a way that works for each individual. And what I really love about working with my clients is that every single client is different. And really by extension, every single fitness professional is different. So taking into account our likes, our dislikes, our um, the way that we're motivated is something that is so important and that's a huge role that that wellness coaches have is to create an individualized program for for each person and yes you know for you if that's something that brings you joy and brings you peace and and you know fulfills that area of wellness for your life then more power to you and we might find as time goes by that those those needs change and you know, I used to the best way to clear my head for me was to go for a run. And you know, today the best way for me to clear my head is to do some gentle movements, some stretching. You know, I'll get headaches still, so sometimes I'll just rub my temples. Uh, it's really about creating a toolkit so that our clients have a lot of different options to choose from to create wellness at any time. Um, based on whatever life is throwing on that, throwing at them on that day.
1: Right, right. One of the things you also mentioned earlier was celebrating with our clients their uh, accomplishments, and and I don't think that we should just bypass that. And after after hearing you say it, I even wrote a note and I was like, make sure that we talk about this again. And mm-hmm. the celebration of even small victories, maybe even especially small victories to celebrate that with our clients, whether they're fitness clients or our coaching clients to create a celebration, to let them know that this is a big deal, because I think a lot of times they do small things and they feel like, oh, it's really, it wasn't that big of a deal. So let me not put much thought or focus into it. And for us to to express that as being a big deal, because A lot of times, if it's not a big deal, then maybe they won't keep doing it because they don't feel like it's enough to help get them to where they want to go. And it is our job to say, look, if you know, doing the small things will uh, and celebrating those will hopefully allow you to keep up doing the small things and you can only get to bigger things from smaller movement, if you just jump right into the deep end, then you gonna have a hard time staying afloat. And that's, that's problematic as well, because a lot of times people jump right into fitness routines that they can't handle, and they get overly sore, they get tired, or it's exhausting, or uh, it's painful, and it hurts, and they back away. So you know, when, when they do a little bit of fitness, <laughs> let's do a little bit of fitness, then let's celebrate that little bit of fitness. And so when you mentioned celebration, I think that, uh, that sometimes maybe we don't celebrate enough with our clients when they do small things. And when your clients tell you something, they're not necessarily telling you things for a pat on the back, but my goodness, pat them, pat away.
0: Mm. There is so much research that, you know, indicates that um, celebrating those small steps forward creates lasting behavior change. And I think that we've all, or I'll just speak for myself. I've had clients in the past where, you know, they've reached their goals and they've been ecstatic that they reached their goals and they've celebrated the big goal. And then, um, you know, time passes and they might, slide back a bit in their perception and, you know, need to recommit. And, um, there's research to indicate that, that, you know, by just focusing on the destination that, you know, final finished product, um, it doesn't always create lasting behavior change. So my personal experience with this, I was in a therapy session and my therapist asked me, you know, what can you celebrate today? And I kind of just looked at her and my immediate thought, Rick, was nothing. Like, I don't have anything to celebrate. I'm not where I want to be. And I'm really far away from where I want to be. So I was really stuck. I just kept looking at her. And I was like, um, (laughs) and I kind of just flippantly said, well, I guess I got here today. And she's like, yes. She's like, what did you have to do to get here today? And I was like, well, (laughs) I had to get past a migraine. I had to, you know, get an Uber. I had to, you know, get past like my um, basically my, my mindset of, I don't need help. Like I can get through this on my own. Like I had to get through a lot to get there. And when I started to listen off, I had this sense of accomplishment and Hmm. it was really a life changing moment for me because, you know, she wasn't telling me what I accomplished. she asked me a question. I was like, Oh, wow. So sometimes when a client's struggling, like I will ask them that. I'll say, you know, what is one thing that you can celebrate right now? Like what's something you didn't think a month ago that you would have done? And that can really help clients to create that sense of accomplishment within themselves.
1: Oh, this is, that's a, that's a great story. And it kind (laughs) of, it kind of lets you know that they're, I, I think about this with my fitness clients all the time too, maybe, maybe not enough. But how much time they actually commit to showing up and doing an hour long session with me, right? Because sometimes yeah. it takes them 30 minutes to, to get to see me and then 30 minutes to get back to home or back to work. So that's if they see me for an hour, that's a, that's a two hour commitment. And they maybe do that a couple times a week. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a big responsibility. Now that I think about it, that it's not just the hour that they commit, but it is the two hours that some people commit to make this happen is significant. And so... It's a big deal. I, so, you know, you've heard the phrase, the anticipation of death is worse than death itself. I think the anticipation of the gym is worse than the gym itself. Sometimes just showing up <laughs> is the hardest part. Just being present, making yourself uh, available to show up is the hardest part. And once we get there, we're like, okay, well, now that I'm here, but it's getting our, our mind into a place where we can go that's the hard part. And that's the thing that needs to be celebrated, not just the outcome of the workout, but the presence of showing up for it.
0: It's investing money. It's telling other people, no, it's, you know, committing time. You know, if you have, um, I have a husband and I have two dogs. And so when I make my way at 7am Monday, Wednesday, Friday to work with my trainer, I'm saying no to my dogs. I'm saying you know no to clients so it's really a huge accomplishment when our clients show up they've invested time they've invested money they've uh, been vulnerable and shared their goals you know and it's it's something huge that I know I used to take for granted as a yeah. fitness professional and even right now I I don't always think about it when my clients come in but um, I would say if that's one takeaway that I would like for fitness professionals to hear. It would be to really recognize and acknowledge and celebrate our clients for just showing up
1: Oh, uh, 100%. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dr. Mallory Fox, and she is an NASM Master Instructor, a recently minted certified wellness coach, as a doctorate in health science, and is a friend of mine, and we've been through this before as we've had these conversations, which I greatly appreciate. Uh, Mallory, are there any things that you would like to leave us with when it comes to fitness and wellness and what the difference is and just kind of maybe wrapping up, uh, some of the things that we talked about today or an addition that you want to add that we haven't spoken about.
0: Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, I think it's important to recognize that fitness is one of the dimensions of wellness. And so, you know, NASM certified personal trainers are really skilled in this dimension of wellness. And so, um, you know, it can be important to direct clients to professionals who are skilled in the other dimensions of wellness so that, you know, we operate within our scope and we provide our clients with tools and professionals to help with the other aspects of wellness. And then last, uh, you know, I think it's important too to define wellness because I don't know about you, but you know, when I used to think of wellness, I would think of like getting a facial or like going to a yoga class or uh, maybe going to a retreat. I used to think of like different fads that were popular and, um, you know, wellness, while it, the definition varies from person to person, I think that, um, it's truly a personal journey. So learning what each client believes wellness is. And um, that can help someone to live a healthier and a happier life.
1: I agree. And, and I think the NASM text talks about uh, the mental and the emotional betterment of life as part of the definition of wellness, that there's an active process and uh, I think recognizing that wellness as an active process means that you have some control over it as opposed to wellness being a passive process. And if it's passive, then you can't really do anything about it. But the fact that we can look at wellness as being something active, something that we can participate in, in order to shape, in order to modify, in order to create uh, change, then that... Is deliberate. It's it's not. Some. I mean, sometimes we're accidentally well. I mean, we we can be active and not be active for the purpose of wellness. But this physical activity that helps with it, the social and um, uh, engagement that we have. But that's active. It may not actively be for the purpose of wellness, but it is active that we reach out to our friends and our colleagues and we get together for dinners or go to see shows and, and engage with each other. These are active processes. And I think they're processes that we, um, if, if we know that we have a hand in controlling, then we have the opportunity to mend some wayward wellness. And then we as wellness coaches have the opportunity to draw that out from other people. And that Is powerful.
0: One hundred percent.
1: Perfect, Mallory. What are uh, can you can you let everybody know what your maybe your social is if you want people to outreach to you where they can do that and find you?
0: Sure, Instagram is a great place. I'm pretty active there, and my handle is at Dr. Foxy Fit. D R F O X Y F I T. And I love connecting with other fitness professionals. So feel free to comment or send me a DM. And um, yeah, that's the best place to, to get a hold of me.
1: Dr. Foxy Fit, Mallory Fox, thank you so much for being on the show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. Remember, like, subscribe, share with other fitness professionals, get the word out, and uh, get other people involved in these conversations that we're having. I want to say thank you for listening. And if you need to reach out to me or you would like to, and the the next one that we're going to have will actually be some questions that somebody has asked me. So feel free to reach out on Instagram at Dr. Rick Ritchie, or you can email me at rick.richie at nasm.org. This has been the NASM CPT podcast.